Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Sure feels a lot more like an ending than a beginning, doesn't it? And no, believe it or not, I'm not talking about losing to the Sabres. I'm talking about the change in ownership. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning, I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. Penguins lost to Buffalo by a 2-1 to one count, and they outshot the Sabres about 100-1 to one in the third period, and they just can't score goals. They can't score goals. It's it's something to behold. We're no longer talking about missing this guy or that guy. Sure, Evgeny Malkin's out, but there's enough players back, and there's enough players who were already there to be infinitely more capable than to score one goal against 32-year-old journeyman Dustin Tokarski, even with his amazingly large pads. But I digress because there is a bigger issue at hand on this day, and that's Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle getting close. They're not there yet, but getting close to selling the Penguins to the Fenway Sports Group, owners of the Red Sox, the Liverpool Soccer Club, and a lot of other sporting entities. It'll come, if and when it's completed, which I believe that it will be, at a price of $900 million, something I reported exclusively today on our website, DK Pittsburgh Sports. And it'll come with a feeling of unease. The first thing that we do as Pittsburghers, whether we're talking about sports or not, is we cast a wary eye on outsiders. We are, what's a more negative term than parochial or (laughs) inward? We're all of those things. If you're born and raised here, as I am, you find that endearing. You find that to be part of what makes us who we are. If you're not, it's it's rough, man. <laughs> you have to come here 
and like pay penance. You have to stand at the top of Mount Washington and uh, drop to your knees in prayer or something. You got to really, really, really let us know that you like us. So we're going to be beyond hesitant about any outsider coming in and buying any of our sports teams, except if it was the Pirates, that's a different matter. I think people would accept virtually anyone from anywhere in the world who's had any kind of history of anything buying the Pirates from Bob Nutting. But we're not going to look at John Henry, the owner of the Red Sox, and say, Oh, yeah, this is perfect. Yeah, he's a Boston guy. He's actually not a Boston guy. He was born in Illinois, grew up a St. Louis Cardinals fan, has owned the Marlins and the Orlando Magic and a bunch of other things at various points. Doesn't appear to really be all that attached to anything except making money and or success in whatever form it takes because that's kind of the personality that you need to have to be into sports. But you don't look at that and think, oh, no, it's an evil Boston person coming in. He's going to be cheering for the Bruins in the back of his mind. He has no, you know, there's there's not anything like that in his background. But we're going to be unsettled by it. We were always going to be unsettled, if we're being honest here, by anyone other than Mario being in control. Why? You can trust him. You can trust him. Sure, he was here whenever everybody was throwing around Kansas City as a potential site, whatever, because they did whatever it is that they had to do to get the Pennsylvania state government off its rear end to give at least a fraction of the money to Pittsburgh that they tend to always send to Philadelphia, and it worked. But everything about Mario's life and career on and off the ice has been about Pittsburgh. It's not only where he achieved everything that he achieved as the greatest player who ever played the game, the most gifted player who ever played the game. It's also what he and Natalie have achieved off the ice and in our community and continue to do every day. They're part of who we are, talk about accepting someone from the outside. They're part of us. And we always knew and know that if Mario's controlling the Penguins, he's going to have the Pittsburgh hockey fan base's best wishes at the forefront of his thoughts. And if that sounds excessively sappy or whatever, so be it. But, you know, I was there through the bankruptcy thing. And I know how much it meant to him to get that ownership stake. I was there whenever he was making trips to New York during the lockout, fighting so hard the way the baseball owner in town needs to be doing to get that salary cap, to make sure that things are fair for teams like the Penguins, who were getting priced out of all of their great players back then. People forget that now. Penguins had the lowest payroll in the league and the lowest attendance in the league. 
Why? They had some of the lowest revenues. And there wasn't a cap system in. Mario fought for that. He had our backs. And then more cups, more championships, more commitment, ensuring that the star players stayed, ensuring that whenever management screwed up the way Ray Shiro did, they'd make a change, and they made a wholesale change, that he and Ron Burkle stayed on top of everything and oversaw Stanley Cup's number four and five. Everything is okay as long as Mario's there. So when I reported late yesterday afternoon that Mario was staying on, in fact, that the Fenway people had insisted that Mario would stay on because, and this is what I was told, they wanted no part of being the people that drove Mario out. I like that on multiple levels. You know, I liked seeing Mario and Natalie at the game last night. I'll bet they didn't like watching that particular game, but you know what I'm saying. I liked hearing that these guys were at least aware enough of their situation meaning the Fenway people, that this guy's got to stay. You know, we, we can't have him going anywhere. He's got to retain some kind of stake. He's got to be an owner. He's got to be a voice. He's got to be a presence. So that in and of itself is a good start. I heard from a lot of different people yesterday, meaning just hockey fans, who were asking me, you know, what should we think of this? What should we feel about this? And, and my answer is, I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. And I'm not going to make one. I'm not going to do a judgment before I even hear from John Henry or I hear from this group. What's their plan? What's their vision? What do they have in mind? What do they think of the Penguins? What do they think of Pittsburgh as a hockey market? What do they think of Pittsburgh, period? I don't know. I don't know that. I haven't heard from them yet. None of us have. And when we do, and I believe that'll be sooner rather than later, based on uh, everything I was picking up yesterday, the only thing I can advise for anybody who would be seeking that sort of thing from me is open mind. We're not all that great at that as Pittsburghers. We're just not. Open mind. This will not be the first sports franchise that is bought, owned, operated by someone who doesn't live here. This will not be the first franchise where the owner isn't in the box for every game, which John Henry most assuredly would not be, or probably even a significant portion of them. These things do exist. This is where the sports world is heading. It These franchises are being sold to really crazy, super rich people and big conglomerates like this. That's where this is heading. I'm not saying that I think the Steelers are headed there, and I'm definitely not predicting that the Pirates will be sold because that'll never happen. But this is not unusual. 
And the fact that 66 will still be there and reporting for work, and the fact that he did so last night and sat through that crap. <laughs> it should tell you a lot when we come back. Just one question. Just one question that's brought to you by truly good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how $1 from you is all it takes to produce and distribute five full meals. $1 equals five meals. pittsburghfoodbank.org. Today's J1Q comes from... John Mialina, who asks, how will the selling of the team help the Penguins and hurt the Penguins, as well as the city of Pittsburgh, and will Mario be backing off on anything once the team is sold? See, this is what I was talking about with the opening segment. Uh, John's question sees the selling of the team helping slash hurting the franchise and the city and then immediately connects the possibility that Mario would be backing off to that concept. And I am not remotely here to critique that. I completely get it. For anybody who's a long-termer or a lifer around here, you get it. Ever since 1984... Everything about hockey in this town has in one way or another revolved around Mario Lemieux. And for him to look like he just might not even be that occasional decider of something is enough to, you know, send a tremble. Through the whole city. I started getting stuff, John, yesterday from people about, could they move the team? Could they move the... What in the heck? And this started becoming a, a real thing. Like, there was more than one. Might they move the franchise? Oh, look over here. The NHL has a rule that once you buy the team, you have seven years in which you're not allowed to move the franchise. As if this is a thing. As if this is... A topic. The Penguins just ended. Well, really, a pandemic just ended. A 663-game sellout streak in Pittsburgh. In an arena that holds 18,500 at, I dare say at the risk of ticking off people over there, outrageously high prices. You've seen what the Penguins charge for their tickets? And they had a 663-game sellout streak. And the number one TV ratings of any U.S.-based team in the NHL. For years now, not as some fluke thing, not as a jump uh, or a spike whenever they'd win the Cups. 
for years now that's been the case. Now, if you want to come back and be cynical about, okay, Sid's not going to be here forever. Gino's not going to be here. Well, he's not even here now. Uh, this core is the real reason that they filled the building, and now, look, they can't even sell it out. If you want to go down that road, yeah, it's a more complex discussion, but it's a long, long plunge from where the Penguins have been to let's move the team. Better yet, let's buy the team now with a secret sinister plot to move it in seven years. Well, if you are someone who would subscribe to a theory that absurd, then I can also share with you that the Penguins have an ironclad lease with the City of Pittsburgh Sports and Exhibition Authority through the year 2040. 2040. John, to attempt to actually answer your question, we don't know. How will the selling of the team help the Penguins or hurt the Penguins? What we do know is that this group, the Fenway group, the most tangible thing we have that we can touch from what they've done is that the Red Sox hadn't won a thing for a century, and then they won four World Series under John Henry. Liverpool hadn't won anything in England for 30 years. And then in back-to-back -back years, they won UEFA, which is the European Championship, and then they won England's own Premier League. That's not exactly ominous stuff, you know? <laughs> that's, that's a nice thing to have on the cover of your portfolio when you show up for your meeting with the Penguins brass to try to convince them that they should sell you the team if the check isn't enough. Look, all I'm saying here is I, me, speaking only for myself here, not presuming anybody else's sentiment on this, I'm going to give them a chance. I'm going to hear them out. I'm going to do my own due diligence on this. I'm going to do, I was about to say background checks. It makes me sound like FBI. I'm going to talk to other people. I'm going to talk to other uh, executives and even GMs and coaches and athletes who have worked under them to see what kind of answers we can get uh, as a website, meaning DK Pittsburgh Sports. I'm putting other reporters on this. And then I'm also going to have open ears once they do eventually make it to Pittsburgh and face us and, and, and share their thoughts with us. Now, if they make us go to Boston for this press conference, I am out. O-U-double-T out. I appreciate everybody listening to this episode of Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's do another one tomorrow.